Hey everybody, James and Cooper here, and welcome to this week's episode of From the Back Pins. And due to uh, some scheduling uh, issues with my treatments and Cooper's schedule and things like that, we're not able to bring you a normal episode. So we're going to introduce you to a really, really good friend of mine that I've known for years, and we're just going to play the entire interview instead of breaking it up into sections like we normally do. Yeah, I had a really good time getting to interview Casey. I didn't know him before this, but he was a really awesome guy, and he's got got his hands in a lot of stuff. He's definitely really talented, multi-talented type guy. Really interesting visit with him. I think you guys will enjoy our content. So without further ado, grab them slides, boys, because we're coming at you from the back pins. Hey, everybody. It's an honor and a privilege. It's James and Cooper here, and it's an honor and a privilege to have one of my longest friends within the industry, and we're even closer today than we were, you know, 10, 12 years ago or however long it's been. He owns no credit bucking bulls and a whole bunch of other stuff. So sit back and enjoy this because it's going to be a fun ride. Welcome, Casey Decker. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, Casey, let's let's rewind way back in the time machine just a little bit. Now, whenever I first met you, to my knowledge, was in 2011, whenever we were all going to CBR events. And uh, I was just curious, you know, like, what was your first thoughts of, like, after you were around me for two or three weeks, what was your first impression? Um, I was like, holy shit, this guy has four legs. No, just yeah. <laughs> hey, I still do. I just can't use them right now. We're gonna get no, there. no. I uh, I just thought you were a very genuine person, and you loved the sport so much that it was easy to be around you because you had the same passion as the rest of us did. So, oh yeah. I mean, honestly, that was that was the biggest part of it. And I mean, you still have that passion for the sport of rodeo and the love of bull riding, more or less. And um, you know, it was something that I always respected you for, and just your attitude on life. So, I mean, you got kind of dealt a shitty card and you've never let it hold you back one bit and um, you know i've always respected that about you well i don't think it's a shitty card because it's the only card i've ever known so you know it's just one of those things but uh it just reminds me of that time when we drove from it was hankinson wasn't it what's the name of that town in nebraska that we went to from hankinson i have no idea i don't even remember where we were in nebraska but we were so, definitely in Hankinson. And don't you forget to tell the story that I rode two bucking bastards in Hankinson before we got there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was there. Yeah, that's you, only like 30 miles from my house. Yeah, yeah. that's what I rode Wall Street, I think, in the short round of Chad Burgers. And I rode uh, I another bull of Birmas. Yeah, I don't remember what you rode. I just remember you were like 88 and a half or maybe 90 on one of them. And then, then we get to this. I thought it was one of the coolest bull ridings I ever been to. Oh, that was it. Uh, that was in Ogallala. That was at the uh, Lake McConaughey. It's right on the yeah, beach, right? Were they? Yeah, where they were. Where they were on the lake. The only thing I've ever seen any clo- anywhere close to that was that Cowboys for a Cause, where they're on the cruise or whatever. I'm sorry, yeah. that, fellas. Let me turn my phone off. Yeah, we get there, and I thought it was one of the coolest places that I'd ever seen, like a bull riding. 
it's an open bull riding. And they said, walk-ups welcome. They lied. Because I threw my wallet down and every every penny I had in my pocket said, you can keep it even after I win. Just let me get on. I'm sure you remember that part. Yeah, definitely I, remember. I threw a fit, but they're like, well, we can't. Well, you lied then because you said walk-ups were welcome. You know, just one of those deals. They didn't want somebody like me showing everybody up, riding their bulls. Plus, they didn't. They, it probably scared everybody because I'd look like Spider-Man with eight legs. But just yeah, saying. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you, you rode in the CBR, Casey. Is that right? Yeah, I went CBR finals twice when I was younger. I mean, that'd been 10 years ago. I mean, 2010 and 11, I think. So I got what, hurt at the in 2011, so I haven't ridden since. I got you. So what was your journey like as far as your bull riding journey? Did that start as a kid or did you kind of pick it up in your teenage years? Or, or what does that journey look like? No, I started as a kid. My, my dad rodeoed. He rode bareback horses, so I traveled around with him all over the place. You know, I started... My first big win, I won Calgary Stampede Sheep Ride when I was like six years old. So yeah. I was, uh, you know, from that time on, I was hooked and I, I went everywhere. And all I ever wanted to do was be a bull rider and be around bucking bulls. But like, literally since I was a little kid, I can't remember wanting to do anything else. So it worked out well. You know, I didn't, I wouldn't say I was the most successful bull rider, but I won once or twice. So, I mean, that definitely helps. I would say you'd had to have been a successful bull rider to make any kind of finals at that level twice. Well, I I might've got lucky a couple of times. I think they, I think my hand might've stuck in the rope or maybe they were a little quick on, quick on the stopwatch. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I was there. (laughs) Either way, either way you get, you take what you can take. (laughs) Exactly. So was that transition into becoming a, a stock contractor? Was that, that was always in the cards then for you. That's kind of what you always wanted to do after your riding days were over. No, actually it wasn't in the cards whatsoever. And uh, when I got hurt, I got hurt really bad in uh, Winnie during the horizon finals one year, um, right after the CBR finals in 2011. And when I got hurt, it jacked me up pretty bad. I broke my shoulder really bad and I broke my leg really bad. Well, I was in a wheelchair for about, Oh, three months, I think because my leg was so messed up and, I couldn't use crutches, so I had to go through two massive surgeries on my shoulder and my leg. And, uh, you know, it was, I did them all at the same time, so I was pretty messed up, couldn't really get around very well. So I was out for like, I think they, they didn't even clear me to start jogging for 16 months, I don't believe. So, um, yeah, it was a bad one. So we, uh, you know, when I was sitting there hanging out by myself, all, upset and irritated about not being able to ride bulls again because the doctors told me I'd probably never be able to ride bulls again, which I've been on a couple since then. I wouldn't say I could ride anything, but I've, I've been on a couple since then. <laughs> but um, it was a uh, it was an interesting transition. So my mom always wanted to do the maturities. So I talked with her and my brother and we went in and bought um, three cows from Darren Jewell and a bull. And that would have been well, hell, probably. Actually, that might have been right before right before I got hurt. I think I bought those cows. And then once I got hurt, we really started taking off, you know, um, started actually getting into the business and doing things. So now, I mean, we own 75 head of females and, you know, 100 bulls at our house at any time. So, And all out of those 100 bulls, they're anywhere from weanlings all the way up to seasoned rider bulls? Nope, nope. Weanlings to three-year-olds. I sell, I try and sell all my bulls as uh, two-year-olds. 
and uh, early three-year-old. So I don't like to keep anything around long enough to have rider bulls. I just like to play the maturity game. So that's my deal. I, my big deal is the uh, yearlings. I like yearlings. That's my that's my favorite class. So we really concentrate on our yearling calves. And, uh, you know, we'll have a couple that we hold over for the two-year-olds. Like we probably have 25 two-year-olds right now. There's probably six or seven that are good enough to go. You know, we're trying to sell the rest as we speak. They're, I mean, they're all good bulls, but they just aren't quite. 90 pointers like you need to be right now to win a check so yeah that that yearling game too that's tough that's tough getting them dialed in at that age but that's my favorite part about it you know and that's why i try and sell them all before they're two or like late yearlings and stuff because i kind of put my two-year-olds on the back burner because i like messing with my yearlings so much so we just got our first trip on our yearlings the other day we bucked like 41 of those calves and i mean there's some really nice ones in there there's some that are going to take work, but that's, you know, that's part of it. And that's what, that's why I like it is because I can put in the work and I can see, you know, how it pays off, you know, within it's, the months and I can watch them grow. It's pretty awesome to know you as well as I do. And, and I apologize. I, I told Cooper that you'd broke your leg. I didn't, I have no idea that you, all these years until now, I didn't even know you jacked up your shoulder during that. Oh yeah. Same I broke time. my shoulder. Yeah. I broke it clear in half. That was the bad part about it is it broke it clear in half. So my arm was stuck behind my head and my foot was over by my face. It was a shitty situation. I, I was there and I seen it and like I told Stetson, shout out to Stetson Lewis. If I didn't know Stetson Lewis, I wouldn't know this man and a bunch of other people too. So shout out to Stetson. But I told him, I said, we going to the hospital. He said, I'd love to, but there's just so many people going to be there and we, we'd probably be in the way. So we better head home. But the first, that was, you know, just kind of my first thought was, man, I need to check on Casey. And as soon as I could, I did. But anyway, uh, transitioning from that to where we are now, uh, what started the Buckers Unlimited? You just didn't have the opportunities up there and you just wanted to create your own little bucking fraturities and things like that around your area. Yeah. So what, what we did with that is, you know, we have all these cattle and we never had anywhere to really take them other than travel south, you know, 10, 12 hours. So I started putting on uh, just open fraternities at my house and then a couple other people did. So I formed a team of people around here in Colorado and we decided to start Buckers Unlimited. I was the first person to ever co-sanction anything with the ABBI, any outside event other than ABBI events. I was the first one to get that done. You know, I was the first one to ever like, well, Chase Love had done it before, I guess, too. But, you know, Chase Love and I, we put on sales and do the, you know, incentive the very next day. That way people could buy their bulls. Next day, you do an incentive. That way, you know, you might spend some money on a bull, but you can win your money back the very next day, you know. So, you know, we've started that. We've done a bunch of different things, you know, for the industry that are good. And, you know, it's just up here, there's nowhere to go. So it offers people a place from, you know, South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Colorado, Nebraska, a place for us all to compete where we don't have to drive as far south. And I mean, they're just as professional of events as well as they're, you know, all sanctioned with the ABBI. So you can get your ABBI points. You can, you know, if you don't want to do your ABBI points, you don't even have to bring a registered animal, you know, as long as the animal's of age, I can tell if you're bringing a three-year-old to the two-year-old class or two-year-old to the yearling class. So, you know, it's kind of on the honor system in that point, but you know, we don't care what you have, as long as you bring something that bucks, that's what we're looking for. That's pretty awesome. Really awesome, actually. And I'm going to get up there one of these days. I swear I am. Every time I get up there, I have a blast. And 
just being around you in general, you're just as contagious with your attitude as I guess. I guess that's why we've been such good friends for so long is our attitudes and our point of views are usually pretty much close on the same as, hey, we need to go do this or can we do that? I don't know, but let's figure it out and roll with it. And so, you know, that was pretty cool. And then you got something pretty cool coming up in Fort Worth with Chancey Williams. Yeah, no, so we're doing the uh, yeah we're gonna do the we're putting on the ABBI Derby and the uh, PBR after party. So we got Chancey Williams. He's gonna be there. He's gonna play, and then we're gonna do the Derby, the ABBI Derby for the bull riding there. So we originally scheduled it. You know, is is gonna be Chancey and is gonna be you know a twenty thousand added bull ride. And then, you know, at the end of the day, we'd had it scheduled for a while, and the PBR decided to change their schedule. You know, is far as their finals goes to may and we already had that date secured at the will rogers and you know instead of there's no way we can compete with somebody like that especially the pbr finals so we just decided you know instead of trying to do something on our own we decided to work with them so it made it a little bit easier and it helped with our marketing as well as it helped them get an after party and you know another we're going to do a ten thousand added bull ride and put some money to the you know the derby class for the heritage so it'll be you know, we're going to put up some bonus money and, uh, you know, just try and make it a really good bull run for anybody that didn't make the finals that wants to be involved. Oh, right on. Or do you know if they're going to make it like a, like a, one of the first like challengers or touring pros or anything like that? Just to know. No, but it'll just be part of my, now it'll just be an ABBI that'll be part of my series. So we have, you know, we put on a bunch of big bull runs throughout the year and, um, you know, this will be probably the second biggest one. Um, you know, we do brush. I told you about brush. That's over last year. I think it was the second biggest event, futurity event, other than the American Heritage or I guess the finals, but you can't really count the finals. But we had 280 entries, I think, 110 wow. yearlings. We bought, paid 10 grand to win it. We're going to try and pay 12,000 to win the bull ride this year. You know, and I pay 10 grand cash. Like I go get cash from the bank and I hold 10 grand cash. And whoever wins it, I give them 10 grand cash right there. So, I mean, for being an open bull riding, it was, you know, it's pretty much the biggest open bull riding around as far as the most, the well, the best paying open bull riding that you can go to. And, you know, so we have this whole series that we do and I'll have probably six or seven others, you know, that we do throughout the year that are big ones. I got one here in my hometown that I live in now. Well, Brush was my hometown. That's where I grew up. And now I live in Bennett. So we'll have a big bull ride in Bennett where we just, uh, we got the city got little Texas to come in. So we're going to have, you know, a big concert during that. It's a town festival and we do it right in park. So it's a, I mean, it's a pretty cool event and that'll be our bull team finals. Cause we do, you know, this whole bull team series throughout the summer too. Right on. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So when you guys are doing these events, when you're talking derby bulls or classic bulls or even a bull team, do you guys do bring your own rider or is it a random draw on the rider end of it? So what I do at my bull rides at the, uh, I, I let guys pick their bulls. I don't do random draw. I don't do anything like that. I let guys pick their bulls. And then if you're, if it's a bull team event, you can bring your own rider. If it's a classic, we urge you to bring your own rider. But you know, at the end of the day, if the bulls aren't covered, I let guys pick what they want to get on. I don't care what they get on. I just want to give them money. Like I want them to ride. I want them to make the whistle. So I want them to get on bulls that they know they can ride. You know, that makes for a better show and it makes them their confidence better. It makes bull riders better. It gives them a little money in their pocket so they can travel more, hit more bull riding. So, I mean, a lot of people like the random draw, but at the end of the day, I don't really care what they get on. If they get, they find something they want to get on and they think they can ride it. If they're 82 points and they didn't pick enough bull, that's on them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Casey, you're lucky I'm in this bed and not nowhere near as capable as I was back when we first met, or I might be entering that dad gum bull riding. Oh, geez, I wouldn't let you enter the classic. That those fuckers are scary. I wouldn't even get on them. Ah, uh, well, just put me in. Put me on one that you got on in Nebraska. <laughs> Yeah, you could ride him. I couldn't, but you probably could. I guarantee you, I could. He just uh, walked out. You know, the funniest thing when you were talking about that, I was thinking over yesterday. I was like, I was thinking this one time. I went to this rodeo, and I was, uh, I was watching on TV, and I used to go to this rodeo, and it was up in the mountains. And I go there every year, and uh, I remember the year before I got on this little pig, three-year-old that just literally ran across the arena. And they put this commercial on for the bull riding. And it was from the year before. There's me hanging on the side of this bull, this little fat pig just running across the arena, just hanging on the side of him, trying not to fall off of him. You made the <laughs> whistle, didn't you? And I was like, oh, God, of course they use that as a commercial. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? That's the thing about bull riding that I like so much, though. Truthfully, you're like 88 and a half or 90 or whatever you were in the short round there in Hankinson. And then... We drive, what, 23 hours or something like that. It was all through the night and then, like, like half the day. And we got there at, like, 2 o'clock. My memory served me correct. And believe me, that was the funnest month of my entire life. So I remember that stuff like it was yesterday. But, uh, you know, just being out there with you guys and having fun and, and just, you know, not just being the guy that does the interviews, but being on the inner circle for a while. And actually seeing how it's like to travel and things like that. I didn't have to listen to Christopher Dew songs. I lived it. So, again, shout out to Stetson Lewis. It's his fault. He got me started going. And and then we started going everywhere together after that, pretty much, that he could get to where where, he, where I was on the way or whatever he could pick me up at. And you done something stupid and fell off and winning when you should have rode that bull and you hurt yourself or you could have hauled me around some more, too. But... Uh, things like that happen. It's nothing that you did, honestly. I'm just giving you crap, but you know that's bull riding too. Um, chickens one day and feathers the next, and definitely feathers <laughs> in Nebraska. But uh, what's uh, what else is going on in your world? I know you're a man of many, many hats. There for a while, you digged into some apps and some different things like that with uh, I don't with Cody Wood and. Any of that stuff ever materialize or? Honestly, we were before our time when it came to the app game, when we were in it, um, you know, and the big part about that was we didn't have enough capital behind us, you know, to help push it along until those things actually hit. Now those things are actually hitting, you know, as we speak, those things are big that we designed, you know, seven, eight years ago. And, you know, that the world's by cell phones now. Everything's done by cell phones. Everything's done by apps. And, you know, when we came out with them, they weren't really that big yet. And we just didn't have, you know, the working capital to stand behind us to, you know, keep pushing those things, which there's nothing wrong with that. We we're just a little ahead of our time. Sometimes things work, sometimes things don't, but you never know unless you try, right? Exactly. So at the end of the day, you know, we, we've gone on and we've got other things going on and cody's a big part of the deal that we're doing in fort worth he's actually okay. the uh, general manager of the USTPA now so that's how he got you know bull riding involved with the USTPA, and you know it's a it's a big deal for them because they do you know the team pinning and they're trying to get more seats in the more seats in the stands you know so 
having bull riding during the team pinning, you know, that allows them to showcase their sport a little bit more in front of a bigger crowd instead of just 150 people sitting in the stands in these big coliseums. Is that just extremely popular up in your neck of the woods? Because like the only place I've ever actually seen that done at a PBR was Denver. It's actually huge all over the country. And, and um, they are Cody. Now that Cody's in there, he's got them into a bunch of different places as far as, um, you know, like the days of 47. He told me the other day they're going to be doing stuff there. I think he was talking to the guys at Houston. Um, you know, he's got a bunch of different things going on with it. But, you know, it's just good for the general sport all around just western way of life getting people involved because there's a lot of people that might not be cowboys might not be rodeo cowboys that are actually involved in the team pinning and um it's it's huge man like it's crazy how how many entries that they get at those events it's it's insane rank ride fantasy bull riding is free to play in 2022 make your picks for pbr riders and bulls and get in on the action the year-end champion will receive a vip trip for two to pbr world finals in fort worth texas and a custom rank ride bragging rights buckle follow rank ride facebook and keep up with great giveaways on the rank ride fantasy instagram page rank ride fantasy your connection to the western lifestyle you love sign up to play free at rankridefantasy.com speaking of uh being kind of ahead of its time and things like that and uh the internet things that you try to do and whatever and whatnot earlier you spoke on you know anything you could do to increase the the fan power and things along those lines to our sport and draw people to our sport well both of our really good friend bonner bolton had a huge part in creating a fantasy bull riding called rankridefantasy.com and what are your thoughts on that and how is that going to increase the uh viewership increase the butts in the seat so to speak at, at bull ridings oh i think it's a great deal that he's doing i mean honestly you know there's never been anything done like this with rodeo before and i think it's awesome it's something you know a new aspect of it and something that will bring in fans and bring in a new base because like i talked before you know we have to have new fans we have to have new people in the industry to make this industry keep growing and to evolve well, part of the evolution of this is being able to be on the same level as all the other sporting events and all the other sports teams and all the other sports in the United States or around the world for that matter. And everything else has a fantasy, you know, fantasy league. So it's awesome that he's doing something where people can go on, compete. They don't necessarily have to be part of the sport, but it actually puts them involved with the sport and allows them to be part of the sport by allowing them to participate in something as far as gambling, you know, betting on it, guessing, playing the fantasy side of it. So I think it's something that's awesome for the industry. And I think, I mean, it's going to continue to grow and I don't see where it could ever go wrong, especially when you see as big as, you know, fantasy football is and, you know, all these different things that people do, even like the March Madness, how people are doing, you know, the different things with March Madness, different fantasy brackets, things like that. I mean, it's the same aspect. It's just a different sport and it's definitely going to grow and it'll get more people involved. I think the one unique part about fantasy sports is the the biggest demographic in it is 18 to 34 year olds. And that's where you're going to get new fans that are going to stay hooked for 30, 40, 50 years is that demographic. And if you can reach people 
that maybe aren't even, like you said, bull riding or rodeo fans and get them interested in it and wanting to play. Like, I think it does nothing but help the sport grow. Oh, I agree with that. And being able to help the sport grow and being able to do things like that. And like you said, 18 through 34, those are the people that are the main ticket buyers, right? So those are the people that are going to put butts in the seats because those are the people that are looking to do things on the weekends. Those are the people that are going to go out and want to go out and have fun and be part of the sports and be active, you know? So that's it, you know, being in that demographic, that's a huge part of it, I believe. And I, I think it's, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's going to help our sport grow tremendously. So we were kind of talking about this last night with Bonner and it's kind of been a thing in rodeo for a long time. Like with Calcutta's, like those are pretty popular at different events and people love them. Like they love to have skin in the game. And I think adding fantasy to it on a virtual level gives more people the opportunity to really put their foot down and say, Hey, this guy is going to win this deal. He's going to do well. And anytime you have that in involved with watching a product, like you're going to be more vested in it. You're going to be more interested, more excited. And you're going to be more likely to tune into it and be excited about it. So I think overall, like it's just like you said, the, the growth of the sport is so important right now because we're kind of like you mentioned too, a dying breed, right? Like there was a time being cowboy was cool, but it's kind of gotten away from that. And Yellowstone's helping that to an extent, but anything that can add to that, I think is good for the industry. And we need that in our industry right now. No, I agree with that. And, you know, speaking on Calcutta's, you know, you go to Calcutta's and you see people that are just there hanging out, just sitting in the seats, you know, that will be involved in the Calcutta's just because they're sports fans and they like to bet. And that's what this is allowing. It's not just so much about, you know, any kind of bull riding fans, you know, it's about sports fans in general and people that are willing to bet on something and like to bet on things. It's going to get more people involved and the more people that are involved, the better. And the more people we can put in the seats, the better. You know, it's overall, the more money that's coming into the industry is better. And, you know, even people that get on and they might be a sports fan, maybe they own a big company and they bet on something in the fantasy deal. They decide they like it next year. They're a sponsor, right? So that's, that's a big part of it. And that's what helps with the growth is just getting out there and diversifying in different ways to figure out the best way to make it, you know, manageable for other people to be part of the sport as well, even though that they aren't part of it. And maybe they don't want to own cattle. Maybe they don't want to go to the rodeos, but at least they're supporting our sport in different ways. You probably don't have it with you like I told you to, and you probably ain't going to play in the in truck. But Casey, for all y'all that don't know, Casey's one heck of a good guitar picker. And we spent a lot of time in hotel rooms listening to him pick and a bunch of other Bonner and Stetson and a bunch of people sat around and just picked guitars for hours on end. And I think that was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing was, or one of my favorite parts of that whole trip. And just in general, the lifestyle of, hey, let's go play some music after we get through doing whatever we're doing and just chill out and have some fun. So pretty awesome to to be a part of that and to hear some of the songs that you created, which we will not play on the air. <laughs> But uh, and some some of the other ones are pretty daggum good as well. So speaking of guitar pickers at this event at the finals in Fort Worth, was Chancey Williams like the number one pick? Because I really like him. I've seen him like I think four, five, six times, something like that, and I've never been disappointed. So was he like right up there at the top of the the list to get for that deal? Yeah, he's who we originally wanted to have for it. So that's uh, you know, I know him. I know Ray Tom. One of his guys that he's actually in charge of like his merchandise and things. And I've been friends with Ray Tom for, 
long time. And, you know, those guys, those guys are great people. And I mean, they're good to work with. They're easy to deal with. So he was our first choice right away, right off the bat. And uh, that's who we wanted to go with. So that's why we called him and got him booked. So yeah, awesome. I've, I've met him a couple times when I've seen him play and like, you're not going to meet a nicer guy. Just like humble. Like he talks to everybody, you know, really thankful for his fans. The first time I ever seen him, it was in a podunk college bar in the town I was going to college in and he was opening for a cover band and that was only like six, seven years ago. So that shows you how far he's really came in a short amount of time. He's gotten really, really popular. Yeah, no, I remember when I was in college, I, he used to play the uh, Casper College Rodeo all the time there at the Beacon, back when it was the old Beacon and uh, when it was that little bitty building right across from the fairgrounds or whatever. And uh, yeah, he used to play there, you know, after the College Rodeo and man, it was a good time. That's the first time I ever met him was in was during then and then you know i met him a few times after that you know in laramie where we'd go party after he played and you know things like that back when he was in laramie and that was i mean that was still when i was in college i guess probably so i've been around him for a long time and seen him play for a long time and his band is you know stellar and he's a great musician and songwriter so you know he was our number one choice and he's who we wanted because like i said we try and stick together as far as cowboys are and there's so many country artists you can get that are actual cowboys and it's cool to have somebody that is a cowboy and, you know, just help push them along as much as possible. You know, I think as far as like Fort Worth goes too, I mean, it's not only is it good to get Chansey and have his, uh, you know, his fan base, but being in the PBR finals and being like the after party that's going on there, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that show up to it, you know, so hopefully it helps him gain some new fans, people that haven't seen him before and people can understand, you know, what he's actually about. So. Is he doing two shows or just the one? Just the one show. We could only afford one show. We couldn't afford two of them. I wish we could have done two, but we can't afford two. (laughs) Well, I was just wondering if the PBR didn't chip in and like was like, we'd like to have him over here for a different after party after yours or whatever. So that's no, no, and they did chip in and they're helping with the advertising and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's uh, you know, it's all going to be kind of a a one type deal because. We'll be at the Will Rogers. They'll be at the Dickies uh, event center there. So, I mean, they're right in the same parking lot. So it'll kind of be, you know, kind of like the PBR experience and the after party. Everything will kind of just go on in that area, right? That's pretty cool. So all the ABBI stuff and the maturity stuff and the team pinning and all that stuff and the bull riding that you're doing, all that's going to happen in two days in Will Rogers? No, just the team pinning and the derby. The American oh. Heritage is actually going to be at the convention center there, I believe. And um, so they'll buck the calves at a different location. But then they'll buck the bulls, the three-year-olds. They'll buck them all at the uh, Will Rogers. That's really yep. cool. And the team pinning will happen at Will Rogers. So it'll be going on, I think, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And the PBR finals is what? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think, or Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, it's something like that. It's it's at the end of the week. I, I can't remember if Thursday is involved with it or not, but for sure, Friday through Sunday. I know that for sure. What time is that going to be at? Is that is Chansey playing later in the evening? Is he going to be like after what the World Finals perf would be, or is he going to be before then? No, nope, he'll be after the perf. Um, so it'll kick off right after the right after the perf goes. We'll wait till they get done. Then we'll do the concert that night. And then the next day we're going to do, they'll do the perp and then we'll start the bull ride. And I think it's six. So I think it starts at one and then it will start the kick off the derby at like six o'clock that night. And is that the first weekend of the, of the finals? Yeah. Yep. It'll be the 14th and 15th. 
Sweet, sweet. And uh, that's going to be a lot for all of us to handle. So I can't help in a lot of ways physically, but if there's anything I can do as far as, you know, phone calls or whatever the case may be, you know how to get a hold of me. You know I'm in, no matter what. Yeah, find out. So, I appreciate uh, that. Absolutely. And I know, Cooper, y'all don't know each other yet, but once you get to know this kid, you're going to like him almost as much as you do me. But only reason you like me more is because I'm prettier than he is. But that's oh, yeah. the point. <laughs> but he's back there laughing. We just can't see it because of the way the camera's set up. But I, I'm proud to know that kid, and I know you will be too. And sorry, Cooper, but you're a kid to us, brother. <laughs> so, it's all good. So, yeah, I'll definitely, if I, I don't know if I'm working the building yet, Casey or not, if I'm at bull housing, I might be able to sneak over there for the bull ride and that'd be pretty sweet. I'd love to see them derby bulls go. I just don't know yet if I'm going to be at housing or at the actual building. So sounds like a really good time. And it sounds like a really cool event, honestly, like that. I wish there was more stuff like that where you kind of yeah. combine bigger concerts and bull riding. Well, and that's what we're trying to do now is trying to get some more entertainment along with it. Because like I said, the big thing about our sport is as much as people hate to admit it is we're, we're dying breed and you know, it's, it's tough to keep people involved. And the more that people in our country grow and the more things that happen and more technology that comes out, people kind of lose interest in the actual Western way of life. So it's cool to be able to bring them in and, you know, having a concert is one way that helps you know, being able to bring people in and letting them see, you know, the rodeo events and see, you know, bull riding for sure and getting them introduced to it and getting new fans, right? Because that's the only way that you grow is by having new fans, having new people that invest in the stock, having new people, you know, that are bull riders, want to be bull riders, just having plenty of people that want to do things. And saying that, it's something I learned kind of for the last few years. We, we do a lot of Mexican rodeos as well up here. And, you know, I help with a lot of them. I put on some of them. We, you know, we bring bulls to some of them. We bring arenas to them. So I'm always part of these Mexican rodeos. And one thing I've seen is, you know, they always get these huge bands that come in. And they'll sell three, four, five thousand 5,000 tickets, no problem. And then they do a bull riding right before the, you know, before the concert starts. So they get all these people around there. And then all these people get to watch the bull ride. And then the people talk about the bull ride the whole night, you know, instead of so much about the concert they're interested in the bull ring because they get to see something they've never seen before and oh, you know that's something that's kind of cool that's really cool and one of the things that i've admired about you that i've never told you personally that i'm going to tell you publicly is that you dealt with an injury a bad injury and a lot of guys don't know how to handle retirement especially if you've been doing it as long as you have you know, it's it's what do we do next? Where I'm sure you thought about that as far as that process is like when you were healing, just laid up or whatever. Like, what do I do next? But at the end of the day, you're so creative and you knew bull riding couldn't last forever anyway. So I, I can remember on that trip to Nebraska, we were sitting there talking about the different things that you had coming before. You know, like the cowboy spot and the things that didn't materialize just because you were ahead of its time. But we were talking about it even back then with just as much enthusiasm and things that we're talking about. Your Buckers Unlimited and your no credit bucket bulls and pretty much everything that you do. So it's pretty awesome to 
to just see to just see you still be passionate about the sport and not worry about your leg or your shoulder or any of that stuff. But speaking of that, is that why specifically that you got into the CBD game was for your own body? Partially why I got into it. I mean, another big part of it was, is, I mean, there's a, there's a huge market for it. And after I've seen the things that, you know, that it'll do for people and does for animals, you know, it's a, uh, it's a no brainer. And I mean, there's just so much, so many people that, have decided to grow hemp and be involved in the industry now that it's a good industry industry to be in. And even though we're still at the beginning of it, it's still something that people enjoy and people need. And, you know, the big part about it is with that, same as anything else, is trying to educate people on it because a lot of people don't know anything about it. And, you know, being able to educate them about it and let them know, you know, this is not marijuana. This is a hemp product. This is what it can do for your body. You know, you have natural cannabinoids in your body that they attach to, which actually helps your body grow. And, you know, a lot of people, I've had people tell me, you know, they're allergic to CBD. And I'm like, that is the biggest line of crap I've ever heard because realistically, the, there's only two places, well, three places on the face of the planet that CBD is produced. It's a marijuana plant, the hemp plant, and a mammal mother's breast milk. So like when you're born, your mom's breastfeeding you, you're going to be getting CBD in your body anyways, because it's a natural immune system. You have natural cannabinoid reactors, receptors in your body that actually take that CBD and then actually attaches to them. And that's what helps keep you healthy. So a lot of people don't understand that. And a lot of people think that it's so bad, but then once they start seeing it, or once they start utilizing it and start seeing what it does for animals, start seeing what it does for them, start seeing what it does for anybody else, then, you know, you can actually stand behind it and realize that it's not as bad of a deal as everybody thinks it is. And realistically, the only reason hemp ever got outlawed was because of the logging industry. Because, you know, all the people in the logging industry back in the day, they were all presidents, they were all, you know, politicians, things like that. They had all that money invested in logging. And you can grow one field of hemp in six months compared to a tree that takes 10 years to grow, right? So you can make everything out of hemp that you can make out of a tree. And it's, uh, you know, it's just crazy that they even got outlawed in the first place. So, yeah, I've definitely dealt with people that have that, what you're talking about, the misconception about what CBD is, you know, and it's just misinformation. They just don't know when they do learn and realize that, yeah, it's not the, the marijuana that everybody, so some people kind of find the taboo. And I mean, I've seen it work. My dad uses it and he was in that camp, you know, kind of that generation where uh, blah, 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 that's bad stuff, but he likes it. And he said he has really good success with it. And if it helps him manage his pain, I'm all for it. No, my dad's the exact same way. He's the most anti-marijuana person you've ever met in your whole damn life. Like literally <laughs> no marijuana, no dope smoking. He calls it none of that shit. He doesn't like any of that. He's hundred percent against it. Now, obviously the, the state I live in, the times I live in, you drive anywhere, there's a marijuana shop on any damn corner that you drive by. But at the end of the day, my dad, he uses it as well. And once he started using the CBD, I started giving him crap. And he actually started using it because his wife's dog was getting old and that dog could hardly move around. So they started feeding that dog CBD and he swashed what it did to that dog. And he was like, oh man, that stuff's not too bad. So then he started taking it. Now he's like, it's like a drug to him. He's like, Hey, I'm out of my CBD. I need some more of that. I'm like, okay, man. It sure was fun getting to know Casey a little bit. Like I said before, I didn't know much about him before. I know James, you did. And I learned a lot and he's definitely a really talented guy. He's got his hands in a lot of different types of business. 
obviously pretty successful buck and bull breeder. And I think it's cool that he plays the calf, the surety calf game and the weanling game and all that. His main focus is selling somebody a bull that's going to work. And I think that's really awesome, especially up in these Northern parts. Like he mentioned, there's not a ton of competitions up here. So I think it's really cool that he not only breeds bulls, but puts on his own deals and gives people up here an opportunity to compete with their calves. Yeah, I agree. Casey's a heck of a man. I've known him for a lot of years. And again, shout out to my buddy Stetson Lewis, probably probably the best friend I have in the world. And had I not known him, then I wouldn't have met half these guys. And if it wasn't for Andy Smith up there in Iowa, I wouldn't have met him either because I used to travel some with Andy. So shout out to Andy. But other than that, man, thank you all for that. And the honor and privilege to travel with y'all back then and, and to travel with y'all as much as I have, that means the world to me. Uh, I guess with that, we're just going to wrap it up, but always remember that every day is a gift from God and what you do with it quite simply. And honestly, that's your gift back to him. And just one more quick little shout out. We have some little fans that like to listen to our show. Hello, Zeb. Hello, Bella. And, uh, We'll talk to you guys soon. I hope you all enjoy it. Always remember that every day is a gift from God and what you do with it, quite simply and honestly, that's your gift back to him. God bless. Cooper, the floor is yours, buddy. Thanks, James. Back at you. Yeah, it was definitely a good time, and I'm glad we got to have Casey on for sure. You can find him at No Credit Bucking Bulls on Instagram and Facebook and No Credit Productions on Instagram and Facebook as well. And he'll take care of your event needs or if you're looking to get into getting into a buying a bucking bull or anything like that, hit him up. He's the guy to talk to. You can find more about Rank Ride Fantasy at www.rankridefantasy.com, at Rank Ride Fantasy on Instagram, Rank Ride on Facebook, and Rank Ride TV on YouTube. You can find us at From the Backpens on Instagram, From the Backpens on Facebook. From the backpens on YouTube, and my email is Cooper C O O P E R from the backpens at gmail.com. Leave us some feedback, guys. We apologize for not having a regular episode, but that's just how life is. Couldn't make it work this week. It's it's a busy week. We've got three bull ridings and 10 days to do. So it's definitely busy, but next week we'll come back with a regular episode and talk about what happened over the the long week in Washington. So hope you guys have a good week this week and until next time come back and visit us again from the back pans. Mm-hmm.